mysterious signs of intelligence. He discovered our signal. How did you know that? He signaled back! I didn't know it worked. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We talk about Doctor Who, critically talk about Doctor Who. Uh, we have an episode um, called, today, called Nicholas Tesla's Night of Terror. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. So, Nicholas Tesla's Night of Terror, it's going to be one of the longest Doctor Who titles. And it's about Nikola Tesla and his night of terror. Oh. But didn't it take place during the day? <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, yeah. Well, day of terror that. doesn't sound as... Yeah, it doesn't sound as yeah. good. Um, Thomas okay. Edison was in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, I thought it was okay. There are then Orphan 55. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. So the terror turns out to be these um, scorpion. scorpion things. I can't even Skifra? Skifra? Skifra. Sounded Skifra. just like the Rachnos. She yeah. sounded exactly like the Rachnos. Kind of looked like her a little bit too. And I think people, when they saw the trailer, she was in the trailer, I thought people thought. No. People thought the Solarians were being it because there was a promo picture of Jordan yeah. Whitaker holding the Solarian gun. They're like, oh, the Solarian are going to be in this one. And I was just like. Wrong. I was going in there on purpose just to. I think so. I think he did that just to, because they put two and two together. Oh, he wrote a Solarian story, so it makes sense. And then they don't show up. I was just like, ha. So the the Skifra are uh, scavengers, Hmm. and just steal things, and they want Nicholas Tesla to fix all the things that they've stolen and broken. It's a rather thin plot. But it was an interesting. It I mean, was it wasn't okay. I mean, for what it was, I mean, it was just you sit back. It wasn't you know preachy. It was you know this is the aliens come here. Did how is the doctor going to save the day? And a little bit mm-hmm. you know, lesson on Tesla, who's everybody knows about Edison. But well, I, well, I think more people know about Tesla now than yeah, they did. Yeah, but which you know, is kind of an odd the thing, thing is Edison used DC, which is mostly used in machines and stuff. But AC is what's in all the houses. So, and Tesla always got the bum rap. Was always Edison, Edison, and Edison. Well, it's because Edison patented so many things. Well, yes, he was smarter than famous. Tesla. He wasn't smarter. Business-wise, he was smarter. Business-wise, yes. As I said in here, he's Tesla's crap at business. If you worked for Edison, your ideas belonged to him. So anything, anybody who invented anything, who was working for Edison, he took credit and patented those ideas. Yes, you did. I mean, that's, you know, it's the reality actually a of Edison. Which, you know, is kind of crappy, but... That's kind of sort of how it goes. I mean, if you sign a contract with Apple, yep. you invent something, Apple takes credit for it. Right. Because that's how it's written in the contract. Right, right. So that's how it was working for Edison. Right. But he has a museum in New Jersey. Edison, New Jersey, around there. It's actually yeah. kind of neat to go to. And Tesla stuff is all really down in Long Island where this took place. Mm-hmm. The tower was actually built. It's not there anymore. It's all that. Fun but fact, there is a Tesla museum down at that place. It's actually kind of neat. There's a guy, uh, the guy who played Tesla, had a long run on ER. Yep. Did he? Yep. Yeah. He was Luca. I never watched right. ER. No, I remember that. 
I think the guy who played Tessa was pretty good. Yeah. He was yeah. also in Captain America First Avenger. Was he really? What did he play? He played that agent that uh, was trying to get away from when Captain America First was made. He was running away from him. Oh. He jumped into the submarine. I think that was him. Well, the guy who played Edison was the, in uh, the Caves of Androzani. He was the yeah. main mercenary guy. A long time ago. long time ago. In 1984. So, um... They didn't make Edison out to be the total bad guy in this. He he, he wasn't. Oh, well, he was kind of slimy. He did well, spy on Tesla. No, and that's and fine, but he wasn't as bad as he could be. Um, yeah. We're in a society today where it's like you. He's viewed as a bad guy to a degree, so let's make him really, really, really bad. And they didn't do that. That's like the first Doctor in that episode where they made the first Doctor sort of. Um, you know, very much like, oh, make the coffee and stuff like that, and, um, you know, there was a, there's a fear in that they take the past and they make it, they vilify, vilify everyone or whatever. They didn't do that in this, which was good. I mean, he's still, you know, they made it kind of apparent that, hey, look, this is what, you know. Well, that's kind of what I was did. Yeah, that so, I mean, from people. now you can make a decision whether or not he was an evil guy or not. But I wouldn't say he was evil. Yeah, no, but. No, I don't think he was evil. I just think he was um, ambitious. Ambitious and, and avaricious and a bit. Well, we have a lot to owe to both of them. Well, yes, we do. Um, it's kind of neat that they did say that Tesla invented Wi-Fi because he kind of sort of did yeah. his idea of having he wanted electricity to flow through the air so the lights wouldn't have wires going through the wall the lights would just be on from yeah. electricity flowing through the air which kind of what we have now with the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth stuff and mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. he was kind of way ahead of his time except the time was the technology wasn't there um, I have a question because I missed it uh, they were in, um, when they first met up with Tesla, the doctor, and then were running away from the assassins. How did they get to the train? The TARDIS was on the train? I think? I don't no, know. No, she said, I have a way to get out of here quick. And they just kind of walked out the door, and then they were on the train. Not only were they on a train, they were on I the train. I think Orient they just Express. cut scene, and then there you are. In the next scene, they're all on, on the train. So they, I sort of assumed that they took the TARDIS, but they didn't because the first time he was in the TARDIS was later on. When, right. Okay. I took it to believe when she was in the, you know, Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, it looked like, because they did it from, what, anyway, they, from where they were, where his generator was, up in Niagara Falls, I thought they went from there. She says, oh, I have a way to get out here quickly. And you, then you see them on the train. So how do they get to the train? They walked. They walked to the they train, so that's not really quickly. Cars get, getting out of there, meaning getting out of the area, not getting out of the building. They were still in the building. I have a quick way to get out of here. Well, it's I assume like, it was the TARDIS. Like in Star Wars, they're at one part they're at this part of the Death Star, the next part they're down with the Millennium Falcon. Well, How do they get there? Do they take yeah. Well, they my, take my point is, she's like, we're going to get out of here in a hurry, and then they, they open up a door, and then the next thing we see is a door opening, and they're in the, the train almost like it's magic that they got onto the train. 
I understand what you're saying, but they didn't make that clear enough, I don't think. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, especially when we don't know where the TARDIS is. She came out of nowhere. Um, you, you know, it was a, it was a, it wasn't a big deal, but it was, it threw me off a little bit. I was and like, why was the other person shooting the other person? If you want to go to that, when they were in Buffalo, oh, not was Buffalo. he just in the way, or maybe just been in the way? Uh, yeah. And why were they on the Orient Express? The Orient Express is nowhere near upstate. I think Graham was just being, I think Graham was just being funny because they were like in a, a storage, storage car? car, and I think yeah. he was just being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Well. That wasn't clear either. No. Well, it's Chibnall, nothing is clear. <laughs> well, thank God it didn't take place on the train, because for a while there I was like, oh my God, I'm sick and tired of these train episodes, even though they've the only... first Doctor Who episode to take place on Long Island. Did they actually go to Long Island? Yeah, that's where Tesla's luxury is on Long Island. No, but did well, they actually did go Did they there? actually film, film on Long Island? No, I think it was all green screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So they Niagara didn't Falls go. was green screen. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's, I should say it actually took place on Long Island. Well, well to New York before. they've been to New York City. They were on top of the Empire State Building. But that's in Manhattan. That's not Long Island. I know that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not the first time they've gone to the states. I doubt they went to the states. Oh. We would have known about it. We would not been able to keep that quiet. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. Um, Um, I, I, I've been noticing this a little bit, maybe because I'm looking for problems now, because we've encountered a lot of problems with this show, this series, and now I'm starting to pick up on it. Um, I, I thought overall, I thought this was a really good episode. Um, comparatively, it fits into last season with like some of the better ones. Um, I know when I say that, everyone's like, well, it's not as good still but yeah well it's still I thought it was pretty good and um, but there's scenes where when Yaz is talking to Tesla and she says tell me about this place or whatever it feels really much like the writer is saying we got to let the audience know what's going on here so and she didn't her, her acting was stilted like almost like she didn't have anything to do in the episode and she had a little bit it was mostly just they're there just to get the, the other actors to talk and that's what the classic series used to do. They, it wasn't a matter, it, it would be like them bringing the actors out. Well, Rome, you know, uh, Nero of Rome, tell me what your plan is or whatever. So the companion's there just as a sounding board or whatever. But I'm just surprised that the doctor didn't recognize Nikola Tesla at first until he said his name. Because he, 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 the doctor, she would have known who he was. Why? Because of the historical thing, usually when the doctor meets that sort of oh, you're such and such, you're yeah. brilliant, blah blah blah, and she's just like, oh, who are you? Well, like, so, so I like. There's two reasons why I liked it. Number one was if the doctor knew everyone in history on Earth, does she know everyone in history on Mars? Does she know everyone in history on this planet? This planet, the doctor can't know everyone or recognize everyone. The doctor's not that smart. Now, they do write the show on Earth. The show is produced on Earth, so obviously she's going to have more of an affinity for Earth or whatever. But then maybe they're also emphasizing the fact that Tesla's not as famous, and maybe she would recognize Edison because she might have bumped into him in the past or whatever. But um, 
I don't like it when she recognizes everyone. Oh, you're the, you know, like, like she goes, you know, or he, whenever, you're the best uh, artist or, or author. Oh, my God, it's you. You know, I hate that because it's like, okay, we get it. Shakespeare's good. We don't have to have a, an hour episode where you're like, and she didn't do that with, well, she, 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 she you know, was like after well, the fact. Who but Rosa Parks was like right off the bat, like, bam. Well, well I don't like that. Well, how does she know that? I mean, well, she time travelers. Yeah, so, so but she hasn't met with Rosa Parks. So how would she know that? I know what Rosa Parks looks like, and I've never met Rosa Parks. Yeah, but does the doctor? You had time to go in, and where'd you where'd you get the picture of Rosa Parks? I don't know school. School. Okay. Well, I mean, but the doctor is all over the universe. How does she know every single historical character in Earth? It just seems convenient, you know. I, I mean, in other words, can't there be a moment where she doesn't know someone? I think you're just being a little too critical. I'm not. You're the one who's saying that you thought it was weird how she wouldn't know him. Can she not know someone? And half these people that they bring in are not historically that well known. I mean, I'm not a history buff, so I wouldn't know them. But if she talked to some general that was in a war in World War One, would I know who that is? No. But she seems... The doctor seems to know more people than she doesn't, so it's it's refreshing that she finally finds someone that she didn't recognize right off the bat. You know, well maybe your photo was a little bit different or whatever. She still knew who he was after he recognized and still said, "Oh wow, you're you're fantastic and everything." So that still happened, but you know, it doesn't she doesn't have to always know everyone. But anyways, so that was good and. Uh, What's up with those scorpions? I thought they were... Th they're bumping into each other when they're chasing after Yaz <laughs> and, and uh, Edison. I'm just like going, well, these are the worst aliens chasing after something I've ever seen. They're bumping into them own selves. They're not used to the Earth gravity. Also, now you have an answer for everything. <laughs> you accuse me of having an answer for everything, now you just did the same Again, thing. Again, if everyone was perfect in the world and everyone was perfect, then the bad guys would never trip over each other. That was just pretty bad, though. <laughs> no, I thought it, it was, was kind of Keystone Cops comical type there. Well, I, I thought it was. I thought it was impressive. I thought the special effects of them. Oh, were I'm not were saying impressive. the special effects were impressive. And they made it, it funny so that they, they tripped over were each other, into each other, running into things. It was just yeah. like. No, I thought that was fine. I didn't have any problem with that. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that. I mean, for what it was, it's a, it was an episode where you just sit down. And you don't have to do much thinking. You sit down and relax and watch it and just watch it unfold. It's not like one that's super heavy in plot where you have to think like what's going to happen next. Stuff well, and that's there. one of the complaints of, of um, when, with Moffat. Moffat made you think. You were wrong but, but he would make you think. You would never be able to guess what well, he, was he was trying always to do. Right. Because, yeah, because he, he never wanted it, the audience to be right. But he never wanted the audience no, to figure it out. Right? He was, thought he was smarter than yeah. everybody. And so he would make the story impossible to figure out how it a answers and, and you could you know throw darts at a board and say well maybe it was this or this or this maybe you would eventually guess it but if you did you just guessed you didn't figure it out but Chibnall is doesn't do that he kind of delivers it simply and but Chibnall um, doesn't think he's more clever or smarter yeah. than you well to a point he, he thinks he well 
not like Moffat. Moffat was like, I'm more clever than you, I'm smarter than you, ha ha ha, when I write this story. But I think in these stories, this is, reminds me of last season, they're, they're very simple, but... Sometimes simple stories, are, you know, you, you need one after yeah. you have. Maybe next week's is going to be more thought-provoking. But, I mean, it could be too simple, or maybe... Um, I didn't think it was too simple. I mean, I thought it was like... I'm like, you're sitting there wondering how they're going to get out of this one, and then they're using Tesla's well, tower. I was yeah. like, oh, that's pretty clever. I mean, towards the end, I was like, um, it's like two minutes till the end of the show. And we know this is not a two-parter. This is not a two-parter show. How are they going to get out of this? So I, I did feel like the ending was a little rushed. Yeah. But I feel like that a lot with... Doctor Who recently, like the ending is a little rushed. Like it, it didn't need to be a two-parter. Definitely no. would have been way too long if it was a two-parter. But I thought there was pretty good tension in this, um, more so than some of the episodes from last season. Uh, I thought the action was pretty good. I, I feel like if this was in last season, I feel like this would have been a, one of the better ones. Yes, it would have. Um, Easy. Not, not you know, but yeah. just you, you know, um, better than toothpaste anything, dude. Yeah. And certainly this season, it's it's, it's the best one this season so far. I mean, well, I know you're saying it's mediocre, but I like Spyfall. Spyfall wasn't bad. It was pretty good, but this I was mean, good. coming after Orphan Fifty Five, this one is just like the greatest story ever. Yeah, well, that's why the low expectations work sometimes. Orphan Fifty Five had the lowest AI since Love It Most Monsters. <laughs> it has been deemed to be one of the worst Doctor Who episodes of all time. So I think it's a little early to call that, but well, that's a lot of, a lot of people but are it, saying. Yeah, it, Orphan Fifty Five was not good. This was definitely better and kept simpler, which again I think helps when you don't have eighty-seven plot points going on. It's just well, you make up for it different ways. You, you you deliver good characters, and I thought they did a pretty good job with the characters. I mean, it wasn't like wasn't ground groundbreaking or anything, but they had those characters and the companions were okay. They're still not that they great. The companions did not have anything to do. No, but except they're the ones who act off. That's why they split well, up. Graham and Ryan had nothing to do. Ryan had moments where she was he was talking to what's her name. Yes, had did actually did more for once. Yeah, it was the she didn't do much. She just talked to. Tesla, and then later and on, ran around a lot. Ran around What's more than what she did last season? No, I think you're over generalizing. But there's episodes where she does more. But um, yeah, so um, I thought we talked about this moment—the moment where the doctor, where you start to say this is the doctor and stuff like that. She came close in this episode. I really thought there were some really good moments with her. Um, talking with Tesla, talking with Edison, and her, like, just talking to the Skif Skifra. Um, yeah, Skifra. There's a lot of moments where she, especially with Tesla, she, she doesn't, she wasn't overacting. He was talking, and she was just kind of listening to him and had a couple things to say, and it wasn't, like, overblown like a David Tennant or a Matt Smith would have been. Uh, I thought it was a really good moment, and she's tinkering and doing her things, which I thought was a strength of hers last season that they un underutilized, so you saw that a little bit. So I, I felt that she came into her character a little bit in this episode. It was, uh, 
you know, probably one of her better ones. There's some last season that were really good, but, you know, still... She well, wasn't as manic this episode as she was last episode. I mean, last episode, it was like she was on, you know, 12 energy drinks yeah. and some <laughs> cocaine because she was just like all over the talking so fast. White Cloud, whatever the hell it was. Well, that was the, the juvenile writer from last from the last episode that wrote the one that the whole thing has parent problems like the one with the frog single dads are bad and this one was single mothers were bad yeah so and then I'm surprised we wouldn't have seen like the women you know take clothes off or something a little bit because it's it felt like a juvenile writing it that's why I always thought of Torchwood I thought Torchwood first season was a ju very juvenile because it was you know oh it's about sex it's about this and that and it was even though it's a mature series it's done by immature people playing the part of an adult or whatever but that's just another topic of a discussion um, oh that's who the woman who played the Skitha Queen played Ronnie from the Sarah Jane Adventures I don't remember the Ronnie and the Sarah Jane Adventures. You don't remember Ronnie from the Sarah Jane Adventures? No, I don't She was like one of the main characters for all the seasons. Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie. I thought you meant the Ronnie. No, not the Ronnie. Ronnie, come back. So that was... I wouldn't have recognized I never would have recognized I didn't recognize her either until... She had on a ton of makeup. Yeah, and talks. And her voice was distorted, and she had those weird teeth. were really neat. That was a while. That was a good throw-off. I just totally forgot that she was in the new series. And I'm looking at her name, and I'm just like, I can't pronounce that. And I'm just like, and then all of a sudden, duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good see. Some of good, I found the the queen, Skifra, kind of distracting. Like, I don't like characters who are just evil, just to be evil. They, like they have no. So you don't like the, any of the enemies in Doctor Who? I mean, most well, of them. No. Not all. Not all of them. But she talked too much. Like the Daleks don't talk. You know they're just there to blow things up yeah. and kill people. They don't. That's well, just well, why they work. Well, creating. the bad guys have to tell us their their um, their, their plot. You know. This is how I'm going to take over the world, and I'm going to now tell you before I kill you. It's kind of like the whole. I know it's a trope, but I just don't like the motivation. It, if if we we have motivate, like you know, that's my argument from the master from this season was the 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 he the play the the character he was playing was so good at helping them so well for what just to make the shock that I'm the master that much greater. And in this one, she had motivation. She was. You know, she wanted to get her ship fixed so she can leave. Yeah, and if you weren't going to help me, I was going to kill every human on the planet. That's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, yeah. Mechanic right. won't work for you. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like breaking down on the street. It's like, oh boy, if someone doesn't stop and help me, I'm going to kill everyone. Going to start me. shooting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, it's just kind of ridiculous. You've all been there. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's just I, I get your point though. It's like if she had said, you know, can you help me? You know, Doctor, I know you're really smart. Can you help us get our ship jump-started? Maybe the Doctor... Yeah, but then we wouldn't have a story. But then the Doctor never even... Never offered to help. Offer. She was like, you're going to die. Like, like she was saying that in this episode. She was like, you're going to 
you're gonna you're you're gonna get wiped out or whatever. She didn't say, let's try to fix this. Let's, yeah, try, let's to try to fix this and get you out of here. Yeah, so that's maybe undoctor like, but um, a little bit, yeah. But maybe that's who she's gonna be. Maybe she's fed up with it. But or maybe it's the attitude. If someone was like, you know, she was like little uh, the the skiffer queen was a little more like a lot of reaction this lady on social media says it's almost the same that we did they liked it far in a way better than yeah, last week it says it's a easy, nice simple easy story that you just sit there and you know a lot of it seems like it's getting a lot of positive yeah. unlike last week where it was a very lot of negative and yeah. For the rest of the season, we're going to compare it to Orphan 55. Well, well, this was a bad episode, but it wasn't as bad as Orphan 55. That's for sure. You know, it's, it's <laughs> not that hard to uh, be better than Orphan 55, it seems. Uh, but um, it seems like a lot of people are enjoyed this one. Yeah. It, it looks like I probably will watch this later on this week <laughs> again, are, just to get and it. And the Chiefs are. But I had no intention on watching Orphan 55 again. I'm done with that episode. Yeah, no, I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> or from 55, no. Unless I want to, like, I missed something there. What, what was... But I, I don't I don't want to see that. There's a lot of other episodes I don't want to see ever again, but we'll probably have to when we do our recording of the podcast. I've actually been watching... Good Man Goes to War. The season 18 Blu-rays. Yeah. And a lot of very underrated stories in that season. Yeah. I just watched one of my favorites yesterday, State of the K. Yeah. Man. All right. Yeah. Well, so anything else? We, we seem to enjoy this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I keep forgetting to say this, but I, I really I know this is kind of I really really like the opening credits. I just I do too. I like them. Yeah. I did find the music a little overwhelming at times in this, and I know that's always your thing. Um, but I did find it a bit loud at times. I did bit, notice it. I, I noticed it, and I, when I yeah. notice it. There's a problem yeah. because I never noticed the music, and it didn't bother me that much because I, because I'm used to it maybe from this show. But um, I hadn't. I thought last season they did better with the music since uh, what's his name left, Murray mm -hmm. Gold. Yeah, but um, this episode it, it was. It felt like it was a little like it was loud. It was loud and it was a little like okay, that's enough people. Yeah. <laughs> we get your point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but I do like the the new opening credits. I yeah, they're not bad. I still, I think my favorite are the Capaldi ones, with the clockwork. Mm. Yep, I, I like love those I don't know why I mentioned it, but I mean, like that's the best thing from last week's episode was the start <laughs> credits. The best thing from last week's episode was the closing credits because that abomination was over. No, because you're already you, you you the start credits are the best because you hadn't seen the episode yet. Once you saw it, everything else was bad because no, you were like, the closing oh, credits was great because you knew that horror. But it was already was in your head. It was, it was already over. festering in there and saying. Okay, children, stop arguing. So, <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then next week has the Jadoon, so that we have that to look forward to. Oh <laughs> the Jadoon? It, 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 it may be okay. Yeah, who knows? They didn't speak, so that's good. Yeah. So, um... No, they had a big promo, though, <clears throat> at, at one of the airports in London. Heathrow, maybe? Had a huge Jadoon promo with Jadoon walking around Did the airport. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, really? That's kind of neat. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Because uh, they had a big, you know, electronic billboard huh. with... with Doctor Who, and, and then they had Jadoon start marching out through the airport. I was curious about that because the show used to promote itself. Russell Davis was better at promoting than Moffat was, it feels like. And they feel like every time 
you saw more promotion. They started doing those little documentaries, and they, it was more noticeable, especially when it came to Russell T. Davis episodes. Mm -hmm. Then it would, sh after that, it would be no ads, no nothing, and they wouldn't advertise it that much. And then when the season finale came, they would make a big deal. It felt like it hasn't it hasn't been promoted as much, but that, that sounds like, like it's being her stuff is being promoted that but, much either. Yeah. But that sounds like it, it's the. That's, that's the sort a big of thing. Promo. Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of thing that they used to do. They used to do they the to. tour of America, where Capaldi and Jenna Coleman came to the United States, and they went to yeah. Australia, and they went to Korea. Yeah, I yeah. think they were the only ones who did that, though. Matt Smith. Well, no, Matt Smith and Amy came when they went. Yeah, they did the. They did. That was yeah. the start episode. of it. I think. That's. Yeah. I don't think David Tennant did it too much, but mm -hmm. definitely Matt Smith and the. They were here quite a bit, and yeah. So since then, I don't know if she's done it at all. Nope. No, she was here. In, she was in California recently. Oh, the San Diego Comic Con. This yeah. is two years ago. They didn't have any Doctor she's, Who. She just was they on. Didn't have a premiere here with her at it. Okay, but I'm saying just in the last few weeks, she's been on all the the. the uh, That's true. She has been. Yeah. When the season started, she was on all the talk shows. Talk oh, shows. Wasn't really advertised that she was, was it? Well, I don't have TV, so I never see. Well, I watched. Uh, I watched uh, one of them, and I don't know they are anymore but there's video of her walking through the airport I think <laughs> people are like waiting for her so anyways um, anything else no? nope okay thanks for listening